Roll a persuasion check. Ooh, 26. Yeah, he's doing it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of How to Take Over a Pirate Village featuring the Crown Killers. Uh, no, this is D&D Valiant Odyssey. Welcome back to another episode, guys. I am here with the Crown Killers. That is Shavi. That is Jasui. That is Drew. And that is Key. And you guys had currently just beaten Shark Denver, the leader of the Copper Ring. Shavi had found out some very terrible news regarding his family and his clan. And you guys had stolen everything in his possession before escaping into the city streets of Mediterri unscathed. You guys had just recently jumped off of the balcony. I think we might need to find somewhere to recuperate. It does indeed seem that uh, we need new accommodations. I could use a cat nap. Excellent. Mustang Sally, where's the, where's the nearest uh, or somewhere like somewhere we could lay low for a bit? She literally just points behind you guys and says, that's the best place. But if you want somewhere a little bit lower, I could take you there. Lead on. Let's go. She begins walking through the south. And you can see that you begin to pass by a, a place that seems to be pretty residential, but you can see that the buildings in there used to be made of white stone and now sort of crumbled and made with old ship parts, basically. As you make your way further south, you do indeed see in the center of the district, the large towering rock structure, which then houses on top of it, the wooden fortification of what you now know is the Crown Corsair. You can see as well different guards or people meandering around that area. And as you begin walking through, you can hear whispers of people as they sort of point towards you and move on. If it's still daytime at the moment, we could potentially long rest and go back there at night. It is currently mid-afternoon, so you can see the sun's pretty high in the sky. Weather's uh, a little bit cloudy as it sort of always is, a bit dreary in these parts, but you do still note it to be um, around midday, mid-afternoon. Are there any shops around this area? Not in this area. There are shops in the market, but you get to this small sort of hoveled individual and you can see this rusty sign that seems to swing in what little breeze there is and it says, the old nook. You watch as Sally looks towards you and says, this place is a bit private. So, there's only about three rooms available. If you wanted to... We can all bunk up. Yeah, it's good. I think I might check in on Shavi again and I walk up to him, hand on the shoulder again. How are you feeling, mate? This is kind of the first time Shavi's ever sort of been quiet and just hanging around. A little bit lost now. That was kind of his his goal, his end game, you know? Like, he wanted to find out what happened to his clan and everything, and now he knows. Revenge, and he... Now he's not got his new path with his new friends, and Shavi says to him, he's, I might not have my clan, but at least I've got my friends. Would you think that Shavi believes what Shark had told him? He heard it from the source, but there's always that little bit in the back of his mind that we'll always believe. Yeah. Okay. He'll never give up on it. Yeah. So that little glimmer of hope yeah. resides deeper in your person now, having heard the words from the source itself, as well, you all make your way into uh, the nook. I say, as we walk in to Shavi, well, we have all the information, my friend. Who knows what we'll find in that treasure trove of a library we absconded from that devil. Sally says, well, I'm fucking glad he's dead. I never want to see his face ever again. And you get up to the counter, you see an old woman that seems to be there and she takes um, money off of you. And I assume you pay for the names under the name of Jonah. Keys, guys. Jonah, yeah. Uh, how many rooms are you? They sleep three each. So what's the situation here? No, no, we'll buy all the rooms. Okay. It's a yeah. good idea. 
Yeah. Okay. So that will be, let's say, three gold for the for the night. Yeah. Um. So I'm only taking a sh- obviously short rest because I meditate. Uh, you begin to bunk down. I'll say Sally's got her own room, and then yeah. So uh, I go over and I, I get out of my room after you know set myself all up. Charvie's. Me 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 me. As I as I leave the room, I I look back and I sleep well, sweet prince. Inspiration. And then I move to Sally's uh, door and uh, give it the old. As you knock on it, it takes a couple of seconds, but it, the door does open. You can see her sort of like rubbing her eyes. You see the inside of the room. It's completely tossed and you can see that the linen on the bed seems to have been thrown on the floor and pushed into like a corner, into like a little little sort of circular nook bed. As she sees you looking at that, she sort of closes the door so her body is in between the door and she says, what's wrong? I just raise an eyebrow, shake my head and just, uh, I uh, was wondering if you wanted to go for a stroll to the, uh, the blacksmith. Strictly business, right? Of course. Maybe we get you one of these, uh, and I twirl a bang stick. Uh, the bang stick. Yep, sounds good to me. Doesn't seem to be a downside. She shuts the door. Yeah. And as she follows you, you begin to walk through towards the market district. Doesn't take you long with her guiding. You do see a lot more pirate guards that seem to be wearing the emblem of the Crown Corsair moving around. Okay, well, I put my ring of disguise on. Mm-hmm. Um, can, I can change disguises, can't I? Yes. Yeah, sweet. So I turn into a five foot ten brunette, quite a, a, a looker of a figure, no beard. Same sort of hairstyle though. So you see this mousy <laughs> brown haired individual with these sort of raggedy looking clothes. She does have the bow and the short sword on her person next to uh, the figure of Jusui who's disguised himself with, with sort of a, a shaved sides head hair with, with the, the quiff at the top. As we're walking, I just sort of turn to Sally and I uh, say, now I know we uh, may have uh, sprung a new name on you, but uh, we uh, instinctually thought you were a Sally and uh, your last name was, that is your slave name that is behind you now. Yeah, thanks. I've been called worse things and Sally's nice, so... Eventually, you do get to quite a, a well-made and masoned building. You can see out the back of that, a smelting area where you can see smoke beginning to rise up into the air. You can see a sail that seems to provide a little bit of shade for the workshop out the back. And you do see working as he's banging a, a piece of iron over a, over a hot block. You do see what looks like, a, like an avian-looking individual. Feathers are brown and white, and you can see that they seem to have leather pants on, no shirt, seems to be quite burly. And as he looks towards you, his head turns 360 degrees. So these are known as Arakokras. They come from the northern parts of the Capitolian side of the continent. They're usually mountain dwellers. Not many around the south or on coastal regions, but he seems to be here. So just when he comes up to the counter and he goes, Hey, well met there, young fella. I don't see many of you people down, uh, down around in these ways, eh? You watch then as he moves around towards you and he says, Well, that's an interesting dialect. Where you say you're from? I didn't say I was from anywhere, my friend, but, uh, you know, if you get to know me a little bit better, maybe you'll learn about my dialect as well. Right. You selling something, lass? I'm buying something. Okay. Look, and you watch as he sort of brings you into the counter. Sally follows you and she says, oh, he says, sorry. What'll it be? pull out one of my pistols and uh, put it on the counter. He watches his hands just extend out, like sort of one on either side of it, and he goes, oh, this is a contraption I'd never seen a lot in my whole life. 
I'd, uh, I've got a little, uh, got a few uh, little diagrams about it, and I uh, pull out a notebook that uh, we'll say randomly at a campfire mm-hmm. uh, across our travels that I'd been drawing yep. the mechanisms and how it works and, and stuff like that because I am proficient in tinkerers tools and such. I'd right. say you would have pulled it apart and put it back yeah. together many times. So yeah. he looks at it and he says, "These are uh, quite detailed." So I was just uh, wondering if uh, potentially you could uh, duplicate. I mean, I could try. I'm. I'm well regarded as a tinkerer in these parts. This is something I've never made before, so perhaps I could use your assistance and we'll reduce the cost of of making, but the real payment for me would be learning how to create such a beautiful piece of machinery. Where did you get these? You built them yourself. I came upon them uh, one time, and I'm real cagey about it. Okay, well, I'll get you to roll a deception check to just to hide your intention, and he will insight. Is a 16. He watches, he's a little bit curious. But eventually, he just sort of raises his eyebrow, shakes his head, and thinks to himself, I don't give a fuck. I, I want to know how to make these. So he says, uh, certainly, I can I can reproduce with your help. Uh, let's say if you supply material. How about we go into a little bit of a partnership here? Considering the first time you make these, uh, you might remember how to make them again and uh, consequently uh, profit on my uh, my inventions here. Well, I definitely will. Well, how about we say that the, uh, the costs of the labor... Uh, nil, because you'll be having uh, my help. I'll pay for the materials, depending on what I want them to uh, be made of, and uh, we'll call that you'll give me 10% of every subsequent one you sell. Roll a persuasion, Jack. Ooh, 26. Yeah, he's doing it. Uh, sure, that seems like a pretty good deal to me. The only thing is, I am an honorable man. I like to make my payments, and I like to have them on time. You look like a traveling person, and... um. Is there anybody or somewhere where I can send this money in order for it to reach your accounts? That information will come to you in the next few days, weeks, but uh, we'll definitely set that up. Uh, barter a negotiation with your slave and she can come collect in. She's her own, ma- she's her own woman. She can do whatever she wants, but uh, potentially I'll ask her to uh, come down. Sally, uh, would you be uh, amenable to those uh, terms? I mean, if I'm staying here, I can do that for you. Excellent. You're a good lass, Sally. You're a good lass. And you guys pour over a workbench. You can see you've sort of pulled out the blueprints. They're weighed down by something heavy in the workshop. And you guys begin to tinker and you begin to make. So you can roll a tinkerer's check with advantage. 17. Okay. So it does take you about three to four hours to construct. You can see the base pistol that you make. The firing mechanism and the, the mechanics within are the hardest part. And you watch as he gets these goggles out. And he sort of begins to, to shave off different parts of the mechanism. And he looks towards you and he says, are there any modifications you require? Let's make this one and then uh, I might have a uh, special order for you. Okay. So you are able to replicate a pepper box. I will say that the misfire score is plus by one though. So it's plus three rather than plus two. Yeah. You look at it and you sort of spin the barrel, you test it, you fire it. It seems to be functional. Yep. Sweet. And then I uh, give it to Sally. As you chuck it to her, she holds it and she's like, Holy shit. She pockets it and then draws it into the mirror and then pockets it. And she's just like, <laughs> cowgirl. So I turn back to the Aracocra whose name is? Dejan. Dejan, my friend. Uh, well met there. Well met. Uh, that's a nice piece. And then I pull out more note papers with a, uh, a designs for a rifle. Okay. So I'll get you to roll a tinkerer's check for that one too. Yeah. With advantage. 23. So this one takes you about two hours. You take what you had already built, replicate it again using the parts that are there. You extend the barrel and you put a wooden stock. You also line up some lenses across the top, which are, 
are able to flick in which allow you to aim more accurately and you can see that this this rifle is probably about four foot to five foot long and you sort of swing it around aim down the sights and most of your time is considered with adjusting the aim in order for it to actually function properly and as you do so you sort of fire it and you listen to the arakoka as he says oh that one is bad news and at that you get a bad news rifle booyakasha your skills have definitely uh exceeded what i was uh what i was uh looking for Dejan's the best in town Dejan by far is the best uh, and I like because I'm so amazed at this rifle I'm falling back into my accent but I catch myself real quick and uh we'll settle this up then eh he nods and he says tell me by what can I call you ooh you can uh Dijon my friend you and only you you can call me Bonnie I think Bonnie will do and then I have a change of heart and uh, Jesui sort of looks at him and just takes off his ring of disguise. So it's Jesui. And he just sits there and goes, my friend, I was hiding my identity for your protection, not mine. But now that you know, keep it to yourself, yeah? You and then I put my ring back on. He looks towards you and says, there's somebody that has tools like this at their disposal. I'm sure you'd be better off as an ally than an enemy. Might I just say though, you look like one of the pirate lords, Monfrey. You ever heard of him? And I, you know, me and Monfrey, we go back way back in the day, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I make things for him all the time. He's repeating crossbow. Made at this very workshop. How much would it cost me to separate you from your notes that you've made there? Because I could replicate this from memory, but I'd do a better job of it with your papers and your research and your insight. Considering you've already made these, you know how to repair them. So uh, let's look at it this way, buddy. How about we call uh, today's little experiment? How about we call that uh, nil and void? And we up it to 20%. 20% say on each item that you sell, and I'll give you these right now. You're not one of those types that is going to restrict who I sell these to? Not at all. Don't give a fuck. Good, bad, ugly. Don't give a fuck. You make your business, everything will be happy, my uh, future warlord. He nods. Sounds good to me. You watch as he holds out a, a talent hand to shake yours. And I shake his hand and then I click my fingers and just to finish these things off, the old nook. Send all my earnings to the old nook. For how long? For the foreseeable future? That is what I said. It will be done. And with that, Sally and I make our way back to the old nook. Okay, so Dijin the Aracochran uh, blacksmith now knows how to make firearms. You eventually make your way back into the old nook as eight hours has passed. You begin making your way in Jusui just as uh, night begins to fall. This town, this port, it gets busier as the night falls. You can see ruffians from all over the place just begin to make their way into the streets like rats to a piece of cheese or cockroaches from under the fridge as the lights goes off. And their demeanor is the same bar brawls begin to happen around you. You can hear the sounds of arrows flinging, swords crashing in this district, and you also hear the sound of bodies hitting the floor. You hear the unmistakable sounds of exhalations as somebody's last breath is being taken due to a knife in a back alleyway. I think this is our kind of place. You watch as well as some sailor songs are being sung from the port off in the distance that carry on the breeze, and the smell of rum is just through this entire place. It seems you are very much in the thick of a den of thieves. Okay, every, everyone's back and I'll say you all gather in one room at this night time you hear the punches yep. of somebody like getting beaten up on your windowsill and you look at it as he looks up to you and goes pardon me 
and he just throws the person he's fighting into the pool and he just continues a fight down the street. This is the old Nook still. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, we look at Jesui and we go, the nice shiny new toy looks like you've got there. It is, uh, how you say, bad news, my friend. Excellent. Looking forward to, to seeing the effects. And he's a little bit nervous because like he's test fired it, but he hasn't really shot it before. And he's like, well, uh, you know, this is a bit of an experiment. We'll uh, see how we go. You remember firing it into a target back at uh, Dejan's and you remember that straw dummy just illuminating in flame yeah. and being nothing left. Excellent. So it might be yeah, a good idea. Shall we experiment or test this on the Crown Corsair? I think uh, you may have a brilliant idea there, my uh, sexy looking friend. <laughs> <laughs> Big bada boom. Do we have um, time for a drink? When I pull out the Scott. That Ooh. I pulled out. Oh. That I got before. Oh yeah, maybe crown killers in a shot, and then we you we head out. You uh, definitely know the way to a man's heart, my friend. Well, it's personally not my kind of thing, but I understand it's Drew's favorite drink, so I might allow Drew to do the honors. Shots all round. Shots. So you pour it all into glasses for us. Yes. Sally looks to you and says, "I've never had this before. It burns. Yeah. Then why do you drink it?" Just drink the glass and I hold my glass up into the middle of the table. You watch as she does the same thing awkwardly. Clink. He Everybody does the same else. thing, puts it up in the skin. Shavi won't have one, but his hand's up. <laughs> You'll have one of water because, yeah, Shavi doesn't drink. Boo. Cheers, crank killers. Cheers. Clink. clink. And then we all clink and drink. You watch as she smells it and you, she does that dog thing when they don't like it. They're like, pulls their head away. But she's sort of like, <laughs> and when she goes to drink it, tongue lapping into the shot glass. He drinks it and he just sort of sits there and he's trying to stay poised, but because he's never had this before. Then all of a sudden his head goes red and he takes a moment, just stands up and then... Ah, it <coughs> is good vintage, I see. <laughs> he doesn't stop there. He's like, I'm okay. <coughs> and he gets down on the ground and he starts dry retching. <laughs> <laughs> he coughs up a furball. <laughs> it's messy and I'm like, I don't know, maybe Drew might like it. You watch as Sally looks at it and she says, cats are disgusting. This cat is disgusting, yes. Are you going to eat that? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd like to ask Sally any information about, was it like a palace or his lair? Crown Corsair. Crown Corsair. Crown Corsair. Fortress. Fortress, yeah. She says, for as long as I've been here, that thing's been built atop the hill. The city of Mediterri, it's gone through many governmental changes, you might say. I used to be here when it was under the rule of capital. And uh, then it was under the rule of the Heraclesians. And then capital again. And finally, these guys rolled in. Beat everyone down that was in their way and claimed martial law. So, Mediterri is the result of the territory's war. No structural government. Whoever was the strongest at the time rolled in and took it as their own. Now it's a den of thieves. Every bastard in the nation comes here to find their freedom or their fortune. And um, the Crown Corsair... He allows it. Heavily taxed and uh, ruled under an iron fist, but you can pretty much get away with anything in this place. What would be the best way in? Into the fortress? I've seen some pretty harsh punishments here. For one, Avery Morgan, as we found out, the Crown Corsair. Since he was here, there's been a strict outlaw on any magic done in public or to any pirate lord you hung by the bay. Well... It seems that they're not very tight on that rule for their own concerns, are they now? Obviously not. It's the main way that they enforce control, I guess. 
the worst thing that can happen to you is you're tied to one of the vessels sent out into the port and you're fed to the Demos Tortuga, the demon of the seas. Are there any other ways in? I guess you could ask for an audience, walk through the front door, take one of his people hostage, have a conversation. What if we uh, gave back what we stole? I guess that would raise his eyebrow. I mean, he's a pretty temperamental man. I've seen him punish people for some pretty bad and... We could claim that we captured the people who stole the money. Why do you want to see him? We want his everything. If you want to challenge him directly? We want it all. So we could attack him and have all of the pirate lords, bar the two that we are friends with, uh, attack us back. Or we could do this their way. And we could go in with the money we stole from him, minus Airfander's fee. We don't have to admit to anything. And we could challenge him straight to his face for control of Mediterri. Or we could uh, play our strengths. We're pretty sneaky. We're very sneaky. We could sneak in, try to get past everybody undetected, and assassinate him. I think if we I came to him with all his money, and we said, look, sorry, here's your money, perhaps maybe give us a finance fee or whatever. Who said I anything think, about apologizing? I think he's going to punish us regardless. He'll so. be in a position to do... How has he got his power? Dragon Turtle. So, why don't we go take something from this Dragon Turtle? And have the Dragon Turtle help us? <laughs> you want to go and fight Demos Tortuga? I said nothing about fighting. I said uh, getting the Dragon Turtle to help us. The story goes all through Mediterri. And yeah, stories are stories. I have lived through many a story. I am a part of many a story. Stories are stories. Who gives a shit? Let's go fight a Dragon Turtle. <laughs> the Crown Corsair, he... He infiltrated the lair of Demos Tortuga. He, Demos was just ravaging the Bay of Demos. Well, let's go find Demos Tortuga's lair. He lost his leg, but he came back with a token. Sounds like he's a bitch. Look, if you want to take everything that this man has, I don't think a deceptive means of messaging him is going to cut it. If you want a show of strength, you either have to beat him at his own game or you have to do something so cunning that it impresses the pirate lords because there are so many people vying for his spot. If they think that they can slit your throat in the middle of the night, they'll do it. If they know that Avery Morgan can be killed, if they know that he can be challenged and beaten by the likes of some sneaky people that come in and stab him in the back, you're going to open yourself up to some pretty disloyal people mm. under your control. So we need to do it in public. You can do it in public because one thing that I know the pirate lords have it's a pretty strict code of honor. They're very prideful. Being sneaky might not be the way this time, but... I mean, if you want to be incredibly sneaky, move past all of his guards, kill some of his pirate lords, and then make yourself known to him in the privacy of his own quarters where you could assassinate him, but then don't, that screams power to me. Mm. That sounds juicy. So we could either do that, or if we're going to challenge him and get everyone's attention that we're not to be messed with. We could also go after was the treasure that Montfrey told us about that the dragon turtle has. That might give us enough pull to You've killed his second in command. You've killed well apparently you've cut off his funds. You've cut off his people. You have all the bargaining chips you need in my opinion. After sneaking into his quarters then the Crown Corsair only is alive because you let him live. Mm. 
Well, Sally, my friend, it sounds like you're quite the tactician. Uh, a lot of time to think about this. Well, crown killers, what do we say? Do we do the sneaky, sneaky, stabby, stabby, and then uh, maybe have a conversation with uh, Avery Johnson? It hasn't failed us yet. I think it's a very good plan. I feel like it is a uh, sneaky, sneaky, jibby, jabby time. Kill a couple pirate lords on the way. Boom, boom, stick, go, boom. Let's do it. Uh, during that time, you watch as Shavi sort of disappears during part of the morning. So you make your way onto the Crimson Wing, your way to Annie, who's just sitting on a barrel by the mast. And she drops this sketchbook as she's sort of looking and she looks over it and she sees you and you see her close it and smile. And she says, return customer, you want another one? I've seen that look in many people's eyes. <laughs> Where there's room, there's... Hmm, that did not go there. Let's do it. I'll say that you sort of pull back one of your, your sleeves and expose your forearm. And as you do, you can see her begin to tattoo. And as she does so, she's artfully doing it with this needle. And you're looking at her work. And she's looking at her work. And as you do, she sort of gets real close to you. She, you can see her eyes move from her work into your eyes. And she looks at you and she says, Have you been crying? Real men cry. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry to pry, but if you ever want to talk about it, no better time. Have you ever experienced everything you've ever chased suddenly just throw itself in front of your face? So what you're describing is you getting everything that you want? No, that's never happened to me. It's kind of why I fell into piracy to try and get everything I want. The exact opposite, I would think. Everything you were ever looking for thrown in your face to not the way, not the answer you were looking for. That I can relate to. Yeah. It's been a big day. Well, let's just say that uh, my crow's nest is always open for you. You know why you and your pirate friends are so cool? Because we're a bunch of badass women who cut throats for a living and steal everything we can. That too, and because you are. Yeah, my offer for the crow's nest is closed. Worth <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, it. She smiles at you as she does that. She finishes off the tattoo. So would you like cool. to explain what Annie has tattooed on your... The coiling grasp, it will pretty much just looks like a tentacle of sorts that kind of just wraps itself around the forearm. Yep, and I'll say as well, it goes up the back of your hand and up your middle finger, like the tentacle point is on your middle finger. Perfect. What's it cool. do? What's it do? Does lots of damage and grappling sort of stuff. Yeah, as you guys are beginning to do this, you all kind of separate, agreeing to meet back at the old nook. Well, la-dee-da. <laughs> so, I kind of want to go find Shavi and meet up with him and ask him a question. Okay, so I'll say as you leave, Shavi comes back looking at this new ink that's on his forearm. Shavi comes in and I go, well, that's pretty tight, bro. Trying to um, provide some mateship because I'm thinking that's how people talk. <laughs> you can see, Shavi, that it is very forced and very rehearsed, but I believe the intention is quite good. Um Full sick and well met, my friend. Uh, Key just has sort of like a smile on his face, but his eye twitches a little bit as he's trying to process the the uh, the broken <laughs> the broken slang. And he go, and I say to him, "Have you, have you got a moment? I just want to ask you a question." Always a moment for you. So I'm trying to be overly polite, and I gesture towards a chair. You find one and you sit down on it. You also see this drunk on the other, and Shavi, you move towards him and just sort of just tap him gingerly, and you watch as he falls to the floor. I, I pour myself a glass of water and I motion to him if he'd like to have one. I'll have one. I pour him a glass of water. And I push it over to him. 
But I just wanted to ask you, Sharvi, uh, now that you've uh, exacted your revenge, how do you how do you feel? Still incomplete. I didn't have the effect I was hoping it would. Yeah, I mean, um, I can respect that. I can respect revenge because I very much want my revenge too. But I can see that in your eyes. You're a bit empty, and I'm wondering if it just doesn't fill that that gap of because you've lost a lot of people, haven't you? Everyone. Everybody. Don't get me wrong. It 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 felt great. It felt good. Just looking at him and him looking at me and just ending his life as he did theirs. But I don't know. Something inside me feels like this isn't done. If you had the option. Even if it was just one of them, just one of them, maybe this person was like your favorite. If you had the option to bring that person back, would you take it at any cost? Do you think that would fill your void of emptiness? It'd have to be some pretty strict circumstances. Although I had my family before, I feel like I've made a new one now. So there would be a line. There is a very strong line to be crossed in order to do that. Thank you for your time, Shavi. And I walk out. And I gulp down my water. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, as you do, is there anything else that you would like to do? I want an iguana. Roll an investigation. Actually, roll a nature check. (laughs) You can find an iguana. That's a 12. I will blow my inspiration for that one there. 12. (laughs) (laughs) You see on your travels as you're beginning to make your way back from one of the merchants you just purchased something from, you see this tail sort of slip behind a merchant store and you look towards it and you're like, fuck, no. And then you begin making your way towards it and you look underneath the table and you can see it's just like a tiny lizard and you're like, oh, fuck. You're unable to find it, unfortunately. (sighs) Get that iguana. All right. So after reconvening, everybody's shopping done and everybody's alone time done. Unless I've come across like a lantern, I'm really, really keeping my eyes peeled wherever I go for a lantern, and particularly a bullseye lantern, like because it's nighttime, right? So mm-hmm. people are walking around. Probably there's someone with a lantern. Yep. I'm keeping my eye out to see if I can get a lantern, whether it be off the wall or off somebody. Okay, so I'd say you're able to find one. Roll an investigation check. I got an eight. Unfortunately, every lantern you find is held by somebody. <laughs> okay. Interact with the nearest person that has a bullseye lantern. You do so. Okay. I want your lantern. Give it to me. No, this is my lantern. (laughs) (laughs) I will pay for your lantern. He looks towards you up and down and he says, 100 gold. Done. What? (laughs) 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 He'll give you the lantern. You give him 100 gold. Okay. I'm down to 8,400. As I've taken the lantern, I immediately remove the light source inside of it. And I put a coin in it. So this bullseye lamp allows you to open up face and put stuff in it, but it also has a shutter at the front. Yep. So I've put a coin inside that lantern. Actually going to strap it to my traveler's rope around my waist and it will be attached to my hip. Okay. So Key makes his way back. He's got a lantern attached to his side now. Everybody equipped with their new items. You begin to make your trek to the... The fortress of the Crown Corsair. You begin to make your way up the rocky encampment. And as you do so, you can see various different pirates talking, conversing. And as they see you, curiously to you, none of them stop the five of you. 
you begin walking up and you can see on the balustrades atop the gate that you have now made your way to on top of this rocky crag. You can see what looks like a red bearded bald pirate individual. You can see as he moves towards the side of the gate, he crosses his arm. You can see as he looks down to you and says, Ah, who are you and what you're bringing to the Crown Corsair's fortress? How tough does he look? So as you look at him, Shavi, you can see that he's he's wearing no shirt. He seems to have a skull tattooed on his chest. You can see that he's got this belt that's made of a chain and leather pants. And when he walks, you can hear something metallic tapping on stone. So you can see him like pacing left and right, waiting for an answer from you. And as he raises an eyebrow, you can see it's something glints as if he's got a piercing in his eyebrow. So I look up at him and I, you know, hold my hands out wide and I'm like, ah, my friend, well met, uh, we have a, the opportunity for the Crown Corsair, and, uh, you know, he may want a, an audience with us. And I roll persuasion. You do. That is an 18. And you hear him whisper something, and then you hear a halfling pirate down below that seems to be standing on a barrel just by the gate near a lever. He looks towards you and says, Silver Tongue. Brando Bill doesn't really uh, let in outsiders, but he must know something that I don't. He looks towards Shavi and you can see him just like blow a kiss, like give him a wink. I also give him a wink as, as we walk past. He does an up nod to you. Oh, I get an up nod. As you enter, you watch as he moves his way down the staircase, this gentleman called Brando Bill, and he makes his way into the center of the pathway. You can see it continues upwards and you can see that there are varying different fortresses around that seem to, it used to look like a keep, but it seems to have been blasted by siege weapons and rebuilt up with varying different parts of ships. You can see sails that make up some walls. You can see some lean-to sort of shanty huts. You can see barrels all around them, and it seems to be also uh, marred with different sort of foliage and palm trees as you're looking around. You see this cobbled path make its way up the hill and turn slightly to the right, and you can see a glowing, roaring fire that seems to be happening in the middle, and you hear merriment happening in that circle. You can see as well there seems to be planks of wood that make uh, makeshift benches, and there's lots of pirates sort of sitting on there and having a joyful time. You can see rum bottles just being thrown between each other and a, and a hearty song being sung as somebody's keeping the beat with a with a keg this gentleman called brando bill his bald head shining in the moonlight he says you want an audience with the crown corsair the pirate lord of mediterry you're bold he's been looking for people you outsiders what's your purpose do we look like outsiders my friend yeah you fucking look like outsiders <laughs> <laughs> The big man, he has the most money. We have a, we have a, an opportunity. We figured, why not uh, see if he wants to put up some of his money and make more money? Crown Corsair's always looking for gold. Go make yourself comfortable up by the fire. Any fuckery. Send you dead four times. And he turns around, begins walking up towards the largest looking keep, which seems to be on the left of that massive fire. So we're uh, just next to a fire at this present moment? You're probably about 150 feet away from it. It's curl. It's up a curling path towards the right. He's, he's gone to propose the uh, to propose the, our request. Does he know we're here? Oh, he's about to. Yeah, I'm thinking if we get an audience, there's going to be quite a lot of people with him. But I, don't, I feel like he wouldn't all ever be alone. Oh, who knows? Entourage. Possible. Alternatively, the Crown Corsair could be very much lured by gold. So I turn to Joe and go, uh, 
Maybe some uh, sneaky time action? Yeah, I'll cast pass without trace, and I'll put my ring of invisibility on. Yeah, you do. All right. Yeah, he does. The five of you begin to shimmer in natural light, almost like the predator does in the jungle, and you can see Drew just completely disappear. Get you to roll stealth checks with advantage, please. 37. 36. 30. 18. You guys standing by this lantern, you sort of edge yourself towards the pathways, which you can see is lined with palm trees. To your immediate left, you can see a large stone wall uh, that seems to be masoned, but it seems to house the keep watchtower on its on your very left. And there's a wall that comes off of that that seems to uh, go off into the distance, into the darkness where you can't see. We would have a fair idea of like looking at it from the outside, the most likely spot, like most badass part of the keep where the where Avery would be. Roll an insight check. 19. As you look, you can see the wall of the keep seems to wrap around and head further to the north. There are varying different sort of towers that seem to uh, be left in remains from the building that once was here. Uh, you hear merriment and joy come from the, the the fire as well as they start to sing a different song. And So you're sneaking around the uh, masoned wall. Mm-hmm. There does seem to be a smattering of palm trees there to give you cover. As you look, you can see somebody moving across the wall to your direct north and you can see that they sort of turn around the corner and disappear. They don't seem to notice you as you begin walking through this area. So you begin creeping, you make your way to the edge of the palm tree and to your left you can see a a stream that seems to run out into the the coast. It seems like there is a definite population of people on the wall, but like unfortunately for them, you guys are invisible pretty much. You hear the sounds of the singing sort of disappear as you become further and further heading towards the west and then turn around north as the wall uh, dictates. Drew, you keep the watch out and you can see that this wall goes further north the climb itself seems to be 20 feet, but that climb is increasing as you get closer and closer to the coast, almost as yep. if the masoned wall stops and a natural cliff face occurs as this is sitting on a, on a cliff. Mm-hmm. On your side, there's probably about three guards just patrolling that area. Do we see any like windows or anything like that, like holes? That's the yes, you to- do. As you begin to, to turn your way north and you make your way outside of the palm trees, you do in fact see a window directly to the east of you. There's two of them that seem to be on an upper level. And then on the backmost buyer, you also see a tower that seems to house one arced window, similar to the one you climbed, just so we, in your first ever yeah, encounter. The first episode. Tower with arc window. Can we uh, watch the guards and see if we can get their timing down? Roll perception. investigation or perception, your choice. It's a dirty 20. 23. 11. Um, I got a 5. There does appear to be three guards on your side, but they have an area of patrol. So you can see the first guard seems to patrol the first rounded tower. Kind of look at just we, you know, remembering that that moment from early on. Do we want to maybe try and see if we can get outside one of the windows and scale ourselves up to the top? Yeah. And go from there, try and sneak past some of these, some think, of these guards. I think that's the easy idea. One of the guards is patrolling that circular column. You can see one of them seems to be patrolling the straight edge that connects it to an additional circular column that goes up higher than the one before. So there's three guards and they seem to be just perusing, patrolling that area. Do we uh, do we sneak or do we take the guards out? Well, if they start screaming, then other, other guards are going to come their way. Yeah, so we sneak past them and get to the uh, tall tower making your way along the masoned rock wall and you get to the very most edge that you can before the coast turns into a complete cliff face. You look up and you can see directly to your east 
the last tower, it seems, along the uh, the actual uh, structure. And as you look at that, you can see one torch being held aloft by a guard that seems to be going left and then right and then left and then right. However, 20 feet down from him, there seems to be an open window with a fire blazing out of it. So it's a pretty decent climb. I'll have to share someone's rope, otherwise I'll climb, which I can do. This will involve two two checks. One to get up the cliff face wall, then you're on the landing, and then another to get up the keep. Yep. So you, you watch as who's throwing the first grappling hook? Me. Oh, just where you throw it, I'll get you to roll just a dexter- a straight dexterity check to get it. All right, 17. Yep, perfect. You loop it around a tree, you pull it, it seems to be taut. Athletics checks all around. you got to beat a DC of 12. Sally follows just sweet up, getting up to the landing. Mm-hmm. Charvi? 18. Perfect. You do the same. Nat 20. Drew? <gasps> yeah, you boy. climb up with one hand in your beard. <laughs> <laughs> Key? 12. Okay, so that's exactly what Ooh. you need. Your hands slip down a little bit, but as you do, Drew just sort of like comes up behind you and like pushes your cat butt up the up to get you up to the landing. Okay. You have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the window now, definitely blazing a firelight within, probably a candle. Uh, somebody needs to go and throw the grappling hook up. Whoever does, I'll give you his guidance. These okay. get another plus four. What do you say as you guide him? You got oh, this, baby. This is the whisper in the ear. And I get a 23. 23 plus? One. <laughs> so 24 total. Hmm. It's just that, that little word from Drew in this touching time from you. <laughs> You watch as the grappling hook goes straight through the arced window. You pull it and it seems to be affixed on the stone perfectly. You now all make your way in the open now. You're now backed up against the wall. Your stealth check's still withstanding and you begin the climb. DC 13 check. You watch as Sally goes up first and she seems to pass the check. So as all five of you enter into the window, you see it illuminated by candlelight. The first thing you check is that the room is empty, and it indeed is. And as you look around, you can see shelves lining the wall and desks as well. Taking a closer look, you can see navigation tools, maps. This seems to be a drafting room. Two doors that seem to be leading into different parts of the tower keep. Could there yep. possibly be a map to Deimos Tortuga or his lair? <clears throat> Roll an investigation check. Shavi, you begin to meander through maps, as does Jusui. 11. Uh, 12. Jusui and Shavi. Not only are these maps seeming to be in some form of cipher, you don't seem to find any that seem to match the same landmark as the area you're in. Okay. There are many of them, though. Okay. Um, can but I? Yes, there is, a, there is a door. This is sort of like a semicircle room, and you can see a, a door to your northernmost side and a door to your eastern side that seem to be wooden that have an iron-like handle. Can I uh, go and try the door to the oh. northernmost? Can I check the traps first? Roll an investigation check for traps. You just sort of look around the room as Jusui approaches the northern door. That's a 19. There doesn't appear to be any traps in this area. Jusui, as you go to the uh, northernmost door, you jimmy the handle after getting the nod of approval from Key. You open the door. doesn't appear to be locked. Okay. And I look into the other room. As you do so, you can see that this appears to be a sleeping chamber. There's one bed on the opposite side, two candles lit, illuminating the room. And it seems to be... The room of, you can see like some blades affixed to the side of the wall. It seems to probably be the room of one of the pirate lords. Can I investigate that room, see if there's anything? Roll an investigation check. 13. Looking around, you just see some varying cutlasses there. They seem more decorative than anything. Other than that, it seems to be a sleeping chamber. we got to find there is, there is a footlocker, but it appears to be just having traveler's clothes. Mm. So oh, we yeah. got to find the highest room in the tallest tower. I read it in a book once. <laughs> 
I catch up with, with the other guys as I'm going past. I blow out any candles I see. Okay. And I say to them, uh, take out any light sources that's without plunging us completely into darkness, but at least two of us have dark vision. So even if it is I think all of us dark, do. You all do now. I don't. Yeah. Take out it. all Sorry, light sources. Yeah. Blows out the candles. You are in darkness at the moment now then. There is some light emanating from the bedroom unless you want to. Yeah, blow. no, I've blown out. Yeah. All right. Complete darkness. There is a door towards your east that you have not checked out yet that seems to, you look under the door and you can see that it leads into a stone floor. There's probably about uh, an inch or two gap underneath. Stack up on the door and single find file this, through it. This door seems to be locked from the inside as if somebody's locked it on the outside and there is a locking mechanism. Yep, so you unlock the door, swing it open stealthily and you are met with a corridor that seems to house lots of storage barrels. You can see this, the floor seems to be wooden you can see it also seems to lead into what looks like a staircase that goes down. It also seems to lead into what looks like uh, a hallway that is directly across from you and one that heads southward. This is also illuminated by candles. Sally's ears sort of start to prick and she says, There's footsteps. They're coming from the east. Hide amongst the barrels. Do we go, or do we go south? We don't necessarily want to go down. We want to stay up the top, I think, is where we'll find the... Well, okay, course, yeah. what, south or... Can I lock the door behind us? Sure can. Uh, lock check. Yeah, that's a 17 anyway. Yep, so. easy enough to do. Yep. You begin to... Are you hiding on the barrels or are you heading south? South. Blowing candles out along the way. As you get to the southern corridor, you can see a room directly across from you. You also can see uh, what looks like another left-hand pathway and a pathway that goes straight down further. The light seems to pitter out as the last candle being lit seems to be right next to the doorway on the on the left hand side wall you okay. hear the footsteps getting closer and closer my friends yeah quickly, let's go into the door quickly friends as you blow the lights out you can also see the glow of the torch light beginning to emanate closer and closer to you as if these people are carrying torches there's a laugh and a jovial conversation being happened you touch the the door lock and it seems to be locked okay i quickly yep. roll your check yeah you begin to hear voices that silence and then you hear this female voice say didn't we leave all the lights on? And you hear this shing, shing, and then approach with caution. You watch as the light begins to get closer and closer and then snuffs out. As you're backing up against the wall, you watch as they begin to make their way around the corner and one of them passes. You can see a female that seems to be wearing this bandana and uh, this, this vest that goes down into a dress. She seems to be like a half elven. And you look to see he's accompanied by a, a dwarven individual. They both move out towards the staircase and they're just sort of looking, uh, swords drawn. And they're probably about five to ten feet away from you at your left. Yeah, I reckon go down the hallway with, with, my, with the darkness. As you look down the hallway, you can see that there is a corridor that seems to go off to the east again. So you all make your way down the corridor. And as you do so, you're heading south. You track eastward into the um, the corridor adjacent and you hear them beginning to look. You just hear the dwarven individual say, we need to split up. And you watch as you hear footsteps separating from each other and you hear the door that you had previously come from open and then footsteps approaching southward the direction that you just walked. They don't seem to notice you, but they're aware that something might be happening due to the blown out candles. As you begin to make your way along this corridor, you can see two candles that illuminate the area you can see a doorway that heads towards your immediate left that seems to have candlelight underneath that leads into the same room of the door that you had previously been at and a big set of wooden double doors directly in front of you to the south. 
you look underneath them and the gap seems to be about two inches and you can see cobbled footsteps uh, that lead down into stairs underneath the door and between the crack of the door. That seems to be the front door of the castle. The door, the map maker's room, that's where you imagine the individual went. You go to check that door just sweet and that one is open. Yeah, all right. You open the door and as soon as you do, you can see there is a couch towards your left-hand side. You can see a large table that seems to have cards and various different chips and snacks and things. On that side, there is a massive bearskin drug in front of a lit fireplace and various different cushions sort of aligning. You can also see what looks like a portrait that seems to be made of a gentleman. You can see that his face is... It looks kind of sallow in his face. You can see he's got uh, light skin. He's got these bags underneath his eyes. He's got a shaved manicured head of gray hair and you can see he's got this t uh, tightly cut beard uh, with a mustache that seems to twirl at the edges. You can see as well that he's got two hooped earrings. He's in this coat of red and there's a sword just sort of resting its hilt in the palm of his hand that goes down into the floor and there are two Great Danes by his side. Uh, there is also lots of treasure around the back of him in this portrait. And it is probably like 10 feet tall by 5 feet wide. It is a big, big portrait. Looks like an Avery if I've ever seen one. Guys, uh, be wary of his dogs. Uh, cool. Looking up, you can see that the roof seems to just be flat stone. <laughs> Shit. There are rafters, like wooden rafters, but there is no gap between the rafters and yeah, the stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you close the door and you do see two doors that go on the east and the western side of this room. The, the western side leads out into the corridor you were just in. The right-hand side goes into somewhere you're not too sure. But you do hear footsteps pass the door you had just entered. And as you listen, they seem to fade away. It might be safe for a minute. The door on the right, and I listen at the door. Perception check. 11. You listen out. They're not being stealthy, so you do not hear any footsteps outside. It seems that the coast is clear. However, you do notice, I will say, that that door is also locked. From your side. Yeah, so I can unlock it and yep. have a look. So Easily. I'll uh, unlock it and stick my head out. As you look towards your left, you can see that it leads into a stone opening that seems to have stairway that enters downwards. And as you look towards your right, you can see that it leads down into the extension of the hallway you were just in. And it moves on towards the east, further east. You do also see straight across from you, large wooden double doors that seem to be fairly decorative in their make. I'll say you can also smell hot food coming from that room. The double door Ooh, room? Kitchen. Yes. Ooh, is that the mess hall? Are we going to walk into a whole heap of pirates? Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. Well, Here where do you reckon we go? And like, we're talking quietly. Where do you think his uh, private quarters would be? Can I make a check to see if there's any um, paw prints on the ground? Uh, yeah, roll a check. It'll be, let's say, nature. I rolled a nat one. There's none. Keep east. going east. As you begin to make your way east and you all pile out of the room, you do start to hear the clinking of glasses, the small sound of a fiddle being played through the decorative double doors, and you do hear like a, a uproarious laughter between a man and a woman and then a couple of other people join in. So there does appear to be people in there. Uh, you continue to sneak down and then you move towards your east. And as you do, you can see that it leads to the... You, you seem to be on the other side of the keep now. And as you look at the end of this corridor after turning to your left or turning east, you can see a window that leads outward into the space beyond. And you can start to hear the voices of people around the fire as well. However, as you begin moving, the corridor opens up into this wide open space and you can see what looks like a large wooden door that seems to be 
It has like three or four locks on it. You can also see varying different candles uh, in the corner of this open space and you can see what looks like bags of gold just sitting underneath that sort of candle area. To the left of you, a couple of crates that seem to house some pretty good-looking brass water decanters and plates and things like that. Grab the gold. I shall look at these locks. I've got the bag of holding. I'll go over there and I'll be careful about it just in case. I might check for traps over there by the bags of gold. Yep. Check for traps. It's 14 flat. Okay, so there doesn't appear to be any traps. This appears to be left by whoever dropped it there. 18 on my investigation for traps on the door. No traps. It is locked twice. Okay, so I'm going to lockpick the bitch. Mm -hmm. 12. Unfortunately, the lock does not unlock with 12. Uh, You do hear it clunk, though. I'll get you to roll a perception check. Well, that's a 23. You hear a voice coming from inside that says, Go and check that out. Then I turn to everybody and go, shit, 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 shit. Fishy? Or is there anywhere we can sort of hide? hide there are crates that you could hide within. You could hide around the corner that you'd just come from. All right, I cast darkness on my um, on well, my coin. I'm invisible, so I'm going to stand in a corner. Drew moves himself to the corner. You watch as darkness begins to emanate. And as it does, the whole area is surrounded. You guys can't see, but you do hear a... <laughs> as the door opens. Then you hear a voice that says... There's something going on here, Avery. And you watch as there is a footstep beginning to move across the floor. You can see, Key, that he looks out and you can see the same person you had seen in the portrait. And he says, don't worry, love. Just a bit of magical darkness. He clicks it and you watch as he casts Dispel Magic, revealing all of you there. And I pull out one of my pistols and I put it underneath his chin and I go, my friend... We would like to have a chat with you. As you say that, you can see that he is shirtless. Uh, He seems to be wearing pants, but you can see that he has one leg and the other seems to be a stump, basically. He looks towards the pistol, looks towards you, raises an eyebrow and says, Interesting. He watches, he turns away from you. He hops over to the side and you can see that in his bed, there is an elven woman. There is an elven man, and there seems to be the lady that opened the door as well. And you watch as they sort of gown themselves and sort of, he says, just take some space over. And you watch as they begin to sit on the corner and he says, I have guests. He sits down and you watch as one of the the women go and attach this uh, silvered steel peg to his leg. You watch as one of the men, that the man that's in there pours him a scotch and he sits down onto the, um, the couch in there and he gestures for you guys to do the same. As you enter, you can see that this is a circular room. It seems to have quite a few foot lockers around the area, all of them spewing with gold. You can see as well a desk that seems to be covered in papers, bed that seems to be sitting on a bare-skinned rug, and two windows that lead out into the merriment chamber of everybody else down in the courtyard with the bonfire. As he sits down and he has his scotch, he looks towards his concubines and he says, you can leave us now, and they vacate. You watch as the guy leaves last and he says, shut the fucking door. And you watch as he shuts the door. And he sits there and he goes, take a seat. Gentlemen, please. You're in the presence of Avery Morgan, the Crown Corsair, Lord of all the pirates here in Mediterri. By what can I call you motherfuckers who entered my domain? I think it's not a liberty to say that you can uh, call us the crown killers. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. 
Tune in next time to see how this story concludes. Guys, if you want to catch us outside of the hours of our podcast, make sure you join our Instagram. We've just started releasing some brand new tips for Dungeon Masters to help you craft a tale just as epic as Valiant Odyssey itself. Also, guys, we love to hear your feedback, and that's probably the best place to give it to us. That's at D&D Valiant Odyssey on Instagram, guys. Make sure you go and check that out. Until next time, we want to thank you guys again, and be valiant.